I like how Mike A is stuffing chips in his mouth like <laughs> as soon as I we hit record. I just but, got home. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. I need to put something inside myself. I, I know I'm not I'm not I'm not shitting on you for that. It's just what's funny. You're like you're like end record. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. The beautiful ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scuttlebutt. Today, we're taking a look at one of the most divisive war films, the 1985 Soviet epic Come and See by Eliam Klimov. We follow Flora, an innocent 15-year-old, navigate the horrors of occupation set in Belarus in 1943. As always, I'm joined by Nathan, hey. Mike B, <coughs> Mike A. Hey. So, guys, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Yeah, uh, which who who wants to go first? Look, I I like I said last time. I think Mike B and I are gonna take a seat back and let you guys just start like you know eviscerating each other. I mean, maybe the times on on Reveille have been good, but <laughs> I, I've been I've been waiting so long for. Yeah, this. we just got back from filming an actual feature length World War II film. Yeah, so, so yeah, our perspectives have probably changed a little bit. Eh, maybe a smidge. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, okay, well, interest. you know, Brian, you're, you're the one who, of course, you know, wanted to talk about this one and everything like that. So, okay, just, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts on it? Because I want to know. Well, I mean, you know, growing up, I saw a lot of war films and stuff, and I worked at the museum. And um, when I started working there, there was a, the director at the time was this World War II German reenactor, just really down-to-earth guy, like one of the crazier ones or reenactors that you meet. He was just like, this is how German soldiers acted or whatever. Nothing insane. And he told me, you know, you should probably watch, you know, this movie called Come and See when you get older. And I was like 13, and I had a subscription to Netflix, so I was like, okay. So the next day, I got Come and See in the mail. And I ended up watching it, and it was just this, you know, really powerful anti-war film, especially to see it that young of an age. And it really was this, like, one of the first times where I saw, you know, war for its rawness and, you know, the trauma of it. And just growing up, it's kind of like, you know, held a place where I've always come back to it and just seen how crazy and fucked up it is. It's like very comparable to um, Cross of Iron, which is another film that I really like that I think does a good job of talking about, like, you know, the realities and the trauma of war and stuff. But um, over the years, as I've become more interested in history and especially the Eastern Front and stuff, and I've read about it, the more I've seen how correct it is, you know, and like how crazy the fucking partisan side of the war was. Um so, you know, this was a film that always I just enjoyed for, you know, setting a bar. It's like, okay, you know, is it as good as Come and See or does it have the same style as Come and See? And um, that was initially, like, my opinion of the film. And watching it recently after making feature, this thing like that, you know, especially an anti-war film, which is an interesting concept in itself, it's kind of come down as far as the magical factor of it and things. But I still think it's an incredibly powerful powerful film that you know just show really the traumas of not just occupation but you know just navigating a war navigating a situation that you really don't have any decisions in you know so that's really my looking at it and how about you mike i mean i know that you have a differing opinion <laughs> me um yeah uh when's the first time you saw it film school or 
Yeah, it was around that time. Um, someone had uh, recommended, because I knew I was into war movies and such, someone had recommended, you gotta see this, this Russian film. And I'm like, all right. And at the time I had seen, I was watching some other stuff and, you know, exploring different things. And I've seen a couple Russian films here and there. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Everything that's like Cold War era, like European Cold War era, all has this weird, like, surrealism to it. It's bizarre. I don't know what it was, but it was this, this, this Russian cinema, especially, is fucking yeah. strange. And um, like the, the it kind of, this kind of reminded me of the movie Tin Drum. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, mm. fucking weird ass movie. And um, I don't, I always heard how fucking realistic this was and everything like that, and just how raw and it's just like I'm, I, it feels like I'm watching a dream sequence. It doesn't feel realistic to me at all, you know. And uh, um, I don't know, man. I just there's a lot of it that's just really weird to me uh, that doesn't, uh, it just doesn't hit me for some reason. I can't really explain a certain moment or anything like that. Well, I can probably name some moments, but just the whole thing in general, it um, it just feels very art house to me. And uh, I don't know, I, I uh, and I understand maybe that's part of the, that's it's supposed to feel that way, like whatever, okay. It just isn't my sort of thing. And um yeah, I mean, more 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 thoughts will come to me as I as we go. I actually forgot I was doing this today until you reminded me. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's just my initial thought of it. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's brutal and everything, but it seems so like heightened and really like just crazy and everything. And it's like, I don't know. I uh, I don't really care for the style of it. True, and it is in a very interesting vein of like Soviet films. Touch on that again, you know, Soviet in Russian cinema has always been really ahead of the game. Like even going back to the 1920s, like you know, some of the Russians are the first people to take a camera and walk around with it, you know, and just get the different types of shots that we're so used to today that, you know, back in the twenties and thirties were so foreign because everything was filmed in a soundstage and the camera was in one place. So Soviet cinema always has been strange. And it's also been very directly tied to like theater and plays, you know, it's, it's, there's more acting, there's more longer shots, even to this day. And, you know, when this movie was made in the late 70s, early 80s in Russia, it was a very interesting time because communism was kind of just letting the floodgates open for artists with Glasnost and Perestroika and stuff. So you could really say things you wanted to say. And there was so much trauma left behind from the war that a lot of people wanted to talk about these things. Well, I think, um, I, yeah, I, think I had mm -hmm. read that um, it, it, the filmmaker... Like, it took him eight years to finally get this movie approved by the Soviet Union or something. Um, yep. So it's like, it's just, it just you know, I understand. Okay, just get this out of the way, because I've, I've criticized this movie a lot, and then people say, well, do you know the guy who made it was actually, you know, there and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I, yeah, I know that. Okay, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I understand. Doesn't mean you're good at filmmaker, though. Right, yeah, I understand the guy mm -hmm. who wrote it, or one of the guys, because I think it was two people, one of the guys who wrote it was actually a partisan, you know, in... Uh, in the area where it happened, uh, Belarusa and, um, or Belarus. And, um, so I get that, but, um, uh, you know, it begs the question of what exactly was like, you know, he was writing something and then who, you know, who else was there saying, okay, no, you can't say this. You can't do this. You have to put this in here. There were some times where it really felt like that to me, where you're just seeing like these, you know, a lot of, like, the German stuff, as the Germans being portrayed as, like, you know, monsters and stuff like that, that felt very, like, you know, propaganda, you know, that felt, like, really heavy, like, really, really heavy, like, I was like, okay, that's, 
that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, uh, agreed. That's agreed. Where, like, who agreed. Kn- agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that the extreme angle, the close-ups of the grotesque kind of angle. Right, like, and there's parts know, where yeah. like they're doing stuff, and it shows. You know, like one of the Germans, he's like, <laughs> and it's just like, who the fuck would <laughs> yeah. do that? What's yeah. that? What's that all about? What's going on there? Um, and uh, that stuff's really annoying to me. And uh, but but also, I, I'm not going to blame the filmmaker because who knows? Maybe he, maybe that wasn't his decision. Maybe some fucker for the Soviet Union was like, you need to show this or something like that. It's Soviet Union's a fucking scary, weird place. It was the Ministry of Film or whatever told right. him he had to, you know. Yeah, but I hate yeah. that part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, Same. you know, like, the yeah. unseen hand with this kind of stuff. <clears throat> when I saw that scene of like the like just you know, making them look like they were just psychotic, crazy, I'm like literally when I first watched this, like through you know through uh, the whole time, I was like, what the Jesus? What really? Like what the fuck, man? And it's like it's so. Was this was this your first viewing of it, or was this the first full viewing? I've seen clips, okay. But like, okay. It, it's like okay. So I saw that, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Germans bad. Germans bad. Nazis. 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 And it's like this. This they're trying to tell a story, but it, it's it's filmed through the lens of such thick propaganda that like, yes, I know this is based on true events. Okay, yeah, somebody, some people might have at one point an SS unit put people in a church, burn them alive, was not the norm. Um, this also happened on The Patriot, by the way, which is a very historically inaccurate film, if you really want to get into oh, that. God. But it's... <laughs> no, well, no, what I mean... Like, Shout out you to want, Mel Gibson there. I'm going to go stab right, you, you with Old Glory. I'll be yeah. back. Right, when you want to get the point across that these guys are totally bad, you put people in a church and you burn them alive. And it's like, okay, well, that... And the whole, the whole scene of, like, the shooting the church and like, it's like, okay. Laughing uncontrollably. Right. Like, did that really, like, look at guys, like the SS guys is as shitty as a lot of them were. And most of them and they've often SS were foreign volunteers, by the way, Ukrainians were some of the worst, most egregious violators of this shit. Just throwing that out there. They also weren't in that part of Belarus at that time. But, uh, so it's like, okay, these SS guys are going to be worn to their fucking gills. Like, they're going to be tired. They're going to be whatever. The hatred they have towards these commoners that are supposedly, like, harboring partisans, it's like, that's not, that's not a new thing to them, okay? These guys encountered that shit all the time because they knew every village we go into, yeah, they're going to be harboring fucking partisans. It's like the U.S. and Vietnam. They knew, yes. Most likely you're harboring these people that are trying to kill us. Now, the reaction that was portrayed in that to me was very, very over the top, egregious. Maybe it happened once and once is too many times, but to portray like every SS guy or even there was a lot of um, hair guys. There was a lot of army guys. If you look at the collar insignia, whether the costume artist got that fucked up or not, whatever. If you portray all these German guys as like, that's what they did. Just that was the normal way of business well yeah everybody's gonna look at the guy be like oh the germans are just completely fucking ruthless and whatever in world war ii and that to me was just straight up propaganda it's like that, that that's straight up there's no room for questioning that it's just it is what it is and that i had a problem with so and uh 
as far as that's concerned, you know, this shit did happen on a massive scale. You know, hundreds of thousands of kilometers of villages were wiped off the face of the earth, you know, for whatever reason. And just to build on that point, it's really hard to compare this to the Vietnam War or another contemporary conflict like that because you didn't have combat troops doing this stuff. This was the anti-partisan units that sometimes were like dudes that were on fucking trains that were waiting to go home, and they're like, okay, anti-partisan operation, get off the train. You'd have SS guys, you'd have Army guys, whatever. In a situation like that, I understand, you know, you'd have guys that are worn the fuck down by combat, and they're like, oh, this is another village, they have people here, whatever. But in these anti-partisan operations, where you have, like, units that literally all they do is go and burn down villages and kill people, like, this just happened. There was a huge holocaust in Belarusia in 43, like, right before the Germans arrived. And, you know, originally I thought it was incredibly over the top. You know, I was like, this is, this is very strange. Russian propaganda, which still is there. There's still 20% of just like, this is still, you know, amplified. But reading tons of Soviet memoirs written during the Soviet times when they had censors, not, you know, whatever, guys that went to the West, you know, many different viewpoints. It was very true. <laughs> this shit happened a lot. The fanaticism, the craziness, just... Just the insaneness. I think if I, I mean, even have stories, yeah. I mean, if if it's you know, obviously I'm not going to question whether or not you know people whether or not you know people were massacred and all that stuff. I think it's just I I really myself um, I don't like the way the the film they decided to show it. Uh, I mean, if you're going to show it, then show it for what it was rather than you know it it almost it feels like a cartoon to me. I'll just say like it feels really like that I scene. Think, yeah, that scene. That scene. I think yeah. that's the that's the disconnect here, you know, cause it's not the action, it's the execution. And I do agree with you that, you know, the way that it's portrayed leaves a lot to you to, you know, process. And that was a big thing with Russian films. Like unless you, unless you really know a lot about this movie, it's very hard to watch. And even me, it's taken fucking 10 years and 30 Soviet memoirs to be, to realize all the little nuances put in this thing. Like the, the plane that keeps flying over, the Soviets would call that the frame of the Rama. And, like, literally, whenever they saw that, bad shit happened. Either artillery was coming or a German offensive was coming. And that constantly plays into the movie. Whenever something bad happens, the plane shows up. And, you know, so, like, again, unless you're super well-versed in the Great Patriotic War with 14 volumes, you're going to miss half the fucking shit in this movie. Well, That's because it's not made for you, you know? It's like... No, no, it's, it's not. Made for, it's, it's definitely not yeah. made for me. It's uh, it, it it is very it is very hard. It is it is uh, very hard to watch. It's incredibly boring, and uh, I, I uh, you know I that's Soviet cinema, man. Yeah, you know, I know, and that's that's the thing. Like, and there's just again, it's just like weird fucking things that I'm just like in in terms not in terms of historical accuracy, but just in terms of like a like a direction. I'm just like. What the hell? Like uh, the the, the dream the the dreamlike kind of sequences. Right, that I think like I, the you're part kind of insinuating. Oh yeah, and you know the yeah. like the part where he first meets first meets up with the girl, and then there's this part where they're just it's all this crazy fucking like dialogue and shit, and it's just like what the hell's going on here? Like you know, it it actually reminds me of a lot of the European films back probably by like maybe at this point maybe the 60s that's what i'm talking about you know cold war yeah. era european films yeah well like what's well, funny because it 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 does all that and it's all it's almost like anything within the iron curtain it was always about maybe 10 to 15 years too late or later like those styles kind of eventually leak in or are influenced within the soviet union like it's it's kind of interesting to see that stuff kind of trickle down within about maybe 10 to 15 years 
of the norm, you know, of Western culture. And that was something that I've noticed when I, you know, did film school and all that stuff. It's like, you know, all that stuff, you know, was pretty much done in Western Europe about 15 years, maybe even 20 years before that. So to see that in the 80s is very, you know, and then and it also being Russian, it's also very, it's very interesting to see that execution. I agree with you about the dreamlike sequences and how it kind of takes you out of, it, it, it ruins the rhythm if there is a rhythm in this movie where it's like I, I find it very distracting as well. And I agree with you on that. And same thing with like, you know, I'm going to reference it as the <laughs> moment like that also. But that's all it's it's the jarringness that tends to pull me out of following the story. And it takes a couple of watches, I feel like, to get everything down. And and I and I, I agree on all fronts. I mean, it, it's it's very, very. um uh, jarring for me to keep watching it and it's taken me like i think i've watched it three times just for this just so that i can make sure that i'm set and by the third time i'm like okay all right like okay you know like so it's it's funny like i'm like mixed between the three of you of all the difference in opinion but like it's that's I agree. good it's that's very... good it, it's funny too, because like of all the Russian-made films about the Second World War, and there's a good deal of them, a lot of really shitty ones, and <laughs> some that are better than this. But like this one is really popular in the West, yeah. which is just yes. surprising. Because like my actual favorite Soviet film is called The Fate of a Man, which is from the '60s, and it's about a Soviet POW who gets like taken prisoner by the Germans and ends up in these crazy places and makes it back to like Russian lines, and it's really well done. It's really correct, and it's just uh, like a thousand times better than Come and See. But nobody's ever heard of it. Um, there's like four I've or five never other even films. heard of it. I didn't even know what that yeah. was. It's on so YouTube. You I'll send it to you. It's okay, awesome. yeah. Um, Doves are crying or Doves are flying. That's another one that's very, very good, and it's got some. It's fucking insane camera work. There's one scene where this building is burning, and they follow this chick run into it, and they follow a firefighter go up a ladder, and they catch back up to her like in the third floor. It's like just really, really cool. But then you have this. Which, you know, is just, like you're saying, very jarring, very dreamlike, you know. So it's funny that this is the movie that, like, people in the West see as the Russian, you know, reflection right. on the Great Patriotic War or the Second World War. The one that's got the most coverage, you know, and that's just, it, yeah. it's, it's not for necessarily specific reasons. Maybe it's the, it, maybe it's all the stuff we're talking about, the jarringness, the violence and everything. But, you know, it's just, it just happened to be the one that caught someone's attention and then it blew up in the West or something. Right. That's you know, what happens. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's almost like Requiem for a Dream or something, you know, of just like it's jarringness and stuff, and it's it's so well known. You hear about it on the street or something. I guess um, I, uh, you know, it, the, like the, a lot of the style of the directing, it reminds me of Spike Lee, um, uh, a director yeah. who I I don't have anything against him necessarily as a person, but I absolutely hate his directing. And uh, it's, he's got some good advice, though, if you watch his masterclass. Okay, well, I don't. But get shit on Spike Lee. <laughs> I don't hate the man, but his body of work is trash. Yeah, but I mean, no, like he does these things to where when I watch like his movies direction wise, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like what? What does that do for people? Like, he'll do weird shit where he'll He has have... some strange transitions, like conversations and Yeah, stuff. like floating yeah. and, like, the camera's following them, and he'll do stuff where, like, 
he'll have an action happen, then the camera ch will, the camera angle will change and he'll repeat the same thing. It's like, what is well, that? Like do? you watch the camera angle change though. Like he'll you'll see it go from one person to the next. Well, there's that I don't too. Get that yeah, but like there's yeah. also he does this. He did this a lot in this movie Malcolm X, to where like something will happen. Like there's a part uh, one I can think of off the top of my head at the end where guys bust through a door and it's a, it starts on a close up of the door. They bust through the door. And then right the second after that happens, it jumps to a wide. And they bust through the door again. It's like, what does that do? Like, what is the point of that? Like, and um, there was a lot of stuff in this that, I, and, and also, yeah, just like Cold War era cinema, like uh, that you know from Europe. That I, it's just weird shit. It's like, okay, I don't get it, you know. And and it, it's funny because um the you know the I got I, there, I'm sure there's a I know there's a name of it like a specific name for the type of film that or style that it is but like the third person following camera you know that 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 tactic tend you tend to see that more up close and i know brian's gonna fight me on this but i hate it when i lose sight of someone and it and it and it goes around the corner like that that bothers me like because i'm just like it's like in 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 specific specific yeah, specifically in come and see it's like two seconds too slow for the follow shots for me. And I know that's a stylistic style. And I know Brian's going to like just come down to me. Cause he told me that that's what he loves the most. It bothers me to no end that the camera's like maybe two to three seconds too slow or two, three seconds, like just around the corner too slow. And like that bothers me to no end. And that's in this movie that bothers me to hell. I hate that. I'm just like, speed up, get more, in, get more in line with the frame. Like, why are you, Turn the corner. <laughs> I'll agree that I don't think it will work or really work a lot in other films, you know? Yeah. But again, with this one and stuff. And there is that one great scene where like he they're like, let's run to the island. And then they do that and it's like that you know, that wasn't as bad. It was it yeah. was it was the first person going back to, to Mike's comment about like what the fuck is happening. It's the first person following the farmer around the corner of the, sh of the, of the, Thank of you. the barn and whatever. And the cow, with the like cow. That, yes. oh, it bother. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> why am I in first person? Why am I, why am I this far back from this dude? Why? Like it's things like that. They're like, yeah. as an editor, I'm just like, Oh God. Well, Ugh, there's why, you know, and, and to, to, to to going back to what I was saying, you know, to, to go off that and to go back to, uh, you know, uh, the whole Spike Lee thing, the, the whole movie, I mean, not so much as it gets going, but in the beginning is full of lots of shots where it's just like, like guys like speaking right into the camera, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? Why am I like, just, you know, it's, it's like they're just doing line reads for an audition or something. Yeah, the dead, the dead on like the center of the nose shots. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, like dead yeah. on and like everybody's constipated, they, 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 they've got a shit really bad, but like. They're making it look so much more dramatic than what it needs to be. It's like, okay, we get it, but like... The main kid, he gets more constipated as the movie goes on. And just by the end of it, you know, he's like... <laughs> just like, get your fucking ugly face away from me. Like... <laughs> yeah. You do seem yeah. to get closer to Flora as the film goes on. For yeah. Sure. And there's that really haunting shot at the end when he shoots Hitler. Which, oh my god... Oh my god! <laughs> well, you don't want to reverse in time and 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 you know keep going back and. If I can reverse in time and shoot a picture of a fucking piece of shit, by all means, I'd shoot at those fuckers no. every day. 
No, Mike goes back in time and shoots the kid shooting the photo. <laughs> Fucking make it stop. <laughs> but, you know, it's just bringing me on to an interesting subject, though, of just, like, what is an anti-war movie? You know, because this really, I think, for a lot of people, and probably why it's so powerful, you know, is one of the most traumatic anti-war movies they'll watch. You know? I mean, a lot of movies try to be anti-war, like, We Were Soldiers tries to be, like, war is bad after they, like, you know, stack gooks for 45 hours. But, like, you know, um, what what is an anti-war movie at the end of the day, you know? How do you convey how crazy war is? You know, this is one take of it. The dream-like shit and the, the intenseness and, you know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I You know, I feel like I want to take this movie and do an edit of my, of my own with it and take out about an hour and a half of it because... Uh, I was about to say, it probably would be about 40 minutes. Yeah, for it's like, oh, it's... <laughs> no, it'd be 45 seconds. They're digging, they find a landmine. I don't oh, need all over. these shots of people <laughs> urinating and stuff like that. Again, I don't know what the hell's up with European movies, but... Uh, uh, a lot of cock play. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, it's weird. I don't. I've. I think it's this movie has been one of those situations that everyone has always told me it's like the most brutal war film ever, and um, you know because I've heard that so many times, I'm going to be underwhelmed when I finally watch it, and um, that's kind of how I felt with this one. I thought episode nine of the Pacific was more brutal than this movie was, um, you know, and uh, I. Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't shocked by it. Um, I'm not saying that what's going on in it isn't tragic or anything like that. It just didn't, like... Everyone always said that this was, like, oh, this is the movie that just haunts your nightmares and stuff. It's like, no, no, I didn't see that. Um, but uh, in terms of what makes an anti-war movie, um, I always say the most, the more subtle things, less is more. And this movie really just fucking in your face, you know? I don't know, man. I think that, uh, you know, an anti-war movie, it's it's never going to be a clear def- uh, definition of one. It's just whatever, you know, the audience, uh, you know, thinks is or something like that or the specific individual when they see it, you know, because some people say Saving Private Ryan is anti-war. I say it's very pro-war, you know, and uh, uh, it's hard to say it's it's anti-war when the whole movie is war oh yeah that no absolutely. and then a scene in the church where the hand's shaking and then up you know it's war i that's what i'm saying like people there's some people they interpret that as anti-war i myself don't uh i see certain things as you know i see like dr strange love as being anti-war some people say what are you talking about it's a, oh, yeah. it's a funny comedy it's not an anti-war film. no that's anti-war no very anti-war yeah. like paths of glory too like that's definitely an anti-war movie you know if you walk away from that saying let's take the anthill then you didn't watch the same movie i watched you know like, <laughs> yeah yeah, I love how the anthill just becomes nothing after that. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah. Saving Saving Private Ryan for me is is definitely. I don't want to say it's super pro war, but it's more more war drama dramatization. It inspired than, a million video games. How can you say it's anti war? <laughs> Two million reenactors. Yeah. That's the yeah. real. Problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ban- between Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan at the same time, it like tripled the World War II We need a disclaimer when we talk about that because it's like, we were reenactors. We have a different biased view of these things yeah. that the general yeah. public will not have. So, But, like, yeah. it's, it's funny because you, you talk about um, you, you talk about uh, um, Come and See being, you know, very much 
people like go it's anti-war like that like or or sorry not that um we're like it's the greatest movie ever the wharf the wharf movie films form on facebook is very much like that but it's <laughs> but it's funny because it's very divided and i think brian has mentioned it before it's like you either love it or you hate it yeah i got uh and I got banned from that page again. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. That's why I've been posting on it. Yeah. I was wondering where, where like you've been on that. Because I, I, dude, I, like, someone posts, like, Valkyrie, and they're just like, it's the best thing ever. I love a horrible it. horrible movie. Oh, oh, it's so great. I Wait love Val. I like Valkyrie a lot, but it's not a great movie. No, I like it's it for what it is. I love yeah. for what it is, but it's not a great historical movie. It's um, a great entertainment movie. If it was. And that's. If it no. had been directed by the guy who made Downfall, I think it would have been really good, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and well, that the the that doctor guy from Downfall's in that. He is, too, yeah. Get all the German really cool regulars in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so is what's his name who played Fagelein and uh, probably a few others. Um, Fagelein. But uh, oh yeah, um, right. What was I gonna say? Um, he's in every he's in every German army. Movie yeah, I right. usually don't go for the low hanging fruit anymore on that site, but some, on that page. But uh, it's hard to resist them. Well, <laughs> sometimes it's really hard. There, there was one part where a guy, uh, so I something about Downfall, and I commented on. I said, you know, my favorite, you know or something like that. I love this movie. And then uh, uh, old fat fuck, you know, typical boomer type, he, he wrote below it, he said, good movie, however, the subtitles go too fast for me to read. So I was like, <laughs> I, I can't help it. I can't help it. So I commented, I said, then learn how to read. And I, that's all I said. I said, then learn how to read. And then after that, banned. You were mean. Don't be mean. Mitch. I know. I hate this. I really hate it when someone's just like, I can't watch that movie because it's the subtitles, and it's like, well, then you're missing the point. Yeah, well, you then know, you're a fucking like, moron. <laughs> to, I, I can't fucking understand, but that's the, past the point. It's like, I can see what I want to see in it. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> no prisoners. Mike A, let's fucking go. Well, on that, I fucking agree. <laughs> uh, can't take it It's sometimes. like the Arnold Ham mean hand meme from like fucking one of the uh I forget which movie it is but it's like yes united you know fucking read the subtitles you fuck yeah you know i i turned mike on to that i didn't turn him on to it i invited him into that group and then uh like immediately he was messaging me like i can't fucking take it it's Dude. so bad <laughs> I, I i seconds. i've muted it a long time ago i go on there occasionally to like see if there's anything new but almost always it's have you seen this very like predominant war film it's so great it's fury fury is the best movie ever or you'll get people who scream no and then and then you get um there was one recently about uh, it was another like movie that's like have you seen this oh stalingrad 1993 it's like i haven't seen it it's so great it's like yeah it's a great movie and you're and you call yourself a freaking fanatic for war films and you haven't seen it like yeah. it's one of the big yeah, ones like, one yeah, one guy asked last week, like, should I buy this movie? And it was Stalingrad or uh, like I think uh, that's the Cross one I'm Iron. I think that's the one I'm and talking like, about. I just found out that about is Cross exactly the one I'm talking about. Yeah, Sam <laughs> yeah. Peckinpah's been dead for thirty years. Had you not know that he made like a movie? Like, um, well, I also get the, the ones that I, I eventually started ranting about it, where like the older guys and shit like that on there will post like the five million. Uh, commando films that richard burton did in the <laughs> 50s and 60s and 70s and everything it's like 
that was, and it's, you know, it's Richard Burton, you know, in the Desert Fox or whatever, and it's just like, you know, him paratrooping with an MP40. And Rat Patrol. Rat Patrol, yeah, yeah or something. It's just yeah, like, if you just stop posting this fucking garbage that doesn't mean anything anymore, that's the weirdest thing. The 50s, 60s, that's what war, mo- war movies were either about prison camps or commandos. They were never about the front lines. It's the weirdest the thing. the longest day. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, except for like stuff, yeah, like the longest day or whatever. But yeah, like you look at all these old war movies, it's always about prisoner of war camps. There's a lot of POW ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah tons of them. Prisoner of war camps or. Even the Manchurian candidate starts in a POW camp. Right, yeah. It's either that or it's commando shit. You know, it's commandos mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I got to get you to watch Dialogue 17. That's worth a watch, actually. I actually, someone sent it to me on DVD. I have it here. Um, oh, nice I haven't game. watched it yet, though. But yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, it's worth it, man. So should we maybe get back to. Uh, to <laughs> come and see but well you know the tangents you get off on but i i was again, I, this... before before we go on a tangent i was gonna say why don't we tickle the gun fancy which was i am i am dfb or i am i am fdb there yeah. we go my dyslexia god <laughs> this dexia yeah dyslexia my dyslexia my dyslexia kicked in we're looking at all the guns i'm IMDb, by the way so. yeah the wall the Walter, the Walter P thirty one or P thirty eight never fucking used in this film ever. So inaccurate. <laughs> Until they pointed his head. <laughs> P thirty eight is such a good gun. You like never see them in movies. Everyone wants to see a Luger. It's yeah, P thirty eights are a million times better. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. What he's holding in his hand on that top picture is not a fucking TT thirty three. What right here? That right there. Yeah, it's what not. A, that's not a TT. That's not. Uh, can you? Uh, Zoom in on that. Easy. You make it bigger. You open it in a new window. I might be able to. It keeps auto playing. It's stupid. That's what this site always does. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a fucking Beretta 1934, but it's it's not a fucking Telcrev. I guarantee you, because I own several of them. Yeah. That that uh, you see that step there? Unless that's just yeah. Highlights. The look, the general look of the partisans though was very correct. Like how fucked up they were. Dude using a well, but they also, here's the thing that they did all right is they had a lot of uh, Soviet military uniforms and parts of that. I will give them that because usually partisans are, are portrayed as like all civil, civilian clothing and like no military gear whatsoever. It's like, no, they had military gear from the guys that were in the military that were, were part of POWs. Or were guys that got stuck in pockets and they were like, what do I do now? Right. And so they were going to have some mm-hmm. gear to like pass around. Yeah, and so no, they did that. They did that all right. I just want to say, usually when I see photographs of like, I know it's a completely different area, but the French Resistance, they usually wear like German helmets, like or like Adrian helmets, or and like German yeah. tunics and such like that. Yeah, military shit that was captured. Well, the French Resistance is interesting. Have you ever seen the Army of Shadows? I have not. It's very, very, very good. Actually, very similar to this movie. It was made by a director who was in the French Resistance during the war, and it's like he gets. It starts with him getting flown into uh, France like, on a, a, a mission, and it just goes horribly wrong the whole time and just shows the reality of, like, being a collaborator and being, a, a, like, a spy. Like, there's one scene they have to kill a guy who is, like, you know, ratting out their organization, and they have a gun, and they're in a house, and they're about to kill him, and they hear children playing outside. So it's like, you know, what the fuck do you do? Um, but uh, it, it was, you know, much different in occupied France until the joke was the mothball army came out when the Allies showed up, and everybody was a resistance member, and people were wearing helmets yep. and... I had this birthday yep. for four years, but, you know, 90% of the Frenchmen didn't do shit. <laughs> right. You know, it was just they popped out at the end of the day. But, yeah, there's stories I have in memoirs of, like, 
Germ- or Russian soldiers wanting to wear German helmets or whatever and getting shot by Russian troops and then being scolded for doing it. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what do you expect? You're a fucking idiot. MP3840. Shemyega with the MP40. Yep. Those yeah. Yugoslavian pouches, but. Yeah, we had we had the PPSH41 <laughs> yep. before that. Now we're down to yep. MP40s. Mm-hmm. SVTs, the SVT obviously. With the Ukrainian. Yeah, when the SVT gets shot, that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, he's like, he, okay, so here's here's that picture. He's not that's, he's not holding an N130 in that picture. He's holding an 1886-93 LaBelle rifle. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which you do see in Russia and stuff during the war. They had so much crazy shit. There's a guy with a P-17, too. Is a dude there's a, a couple of them in, in that well. massacre scene. There's a couple of them, yeah. Which is legit, because they show up in Lithuania and Latvia. Yeah, that guy with the giant, with the guy with the giant glasses, the, the guy with the giant glasses had the P-17, I think. Well, yeah, it had actually been a, uh, um, an M-17 because we actually gave them as aid in the First World War, and they made their way through this. So. Yep, in the 20s and 30s, they were given to the Baltic states and stuff. And I actually have a photo of a T-34 driving in a Prague, and they have a fucking M-17 through one of the side rails oh. in the turret. There he is. There he is. Now, they did a good job with the weapon. Actually, it's too early for a 44, though. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, 43? Huh? <laughs> That's right. It yeah. could be an MP43, but it doesn't have the uh, side scope base. So Right. And the stocks were, like, really big for some stupid... They were the same MKB stocks, so... Yeah, 34, yeah. Yep. Partisan walking around with a 34 is pretty hot look. Yeah. <laughs> and with that fish shot, with that close camera, we have that Nate, depth perception. with your beard and your multiple mg 34 I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could do it. That's a 42 that he's holding, Eight. though, right? No, that's a 34. Yep. Can you make it... 42s yeah, are clear. correct, though. They had yes, but, like... That's a... Yeah, there's the shroud. Yep, I got it now. Yeah. Yep, we're good. We're good. We're yeah. good. Is that a four hole or a six hole, Nathan? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's a three hole. It's not a four hole. Oh, I don't and know what that means, but that's, something. Well, hold on. They might have any. No. No, yeah, well, they, don't have, they don't have that one there. So, like, that, 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 four hole, that four hole thing that you're talking about is the early war MG-15 shrouds. That they, or the, the early design of the MG-34. It had four... Uh, holes in between the fronts or between the uh, anti-aircraft site and the front site and they made it to a three three Swiss cheese hole punch alternative formation because it had more uh, structure because the four mm-hmm. was were getting bent up too fast so the DP-28 okay here, here, here here's a little thing the DP-28 as far as I, I know had a straight stock on it and the DPM had that like added fucking thing to it, and then um, pistol grip. Some other stuff. features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. is this a DP twenty eight or is that a DP DPM? Well, there's also a DP twenty seven as well. That's a DP twenty eight. Yeah, I without think, the pistol grip. Is I think a DP the, the, the yeah, the, without the pistol grip is a DP is a DP twenty eight, and the DP twenty seven has got a weird. I think doesn't the, have that little. The M stands for modified. It's a DP modified. Yes, yeah. I, I'm aware. The, um, but like it's uh. The other one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The modifies came out in '44, and you see them by the end of the war. They actually came out at the same time as the RPD came out, and some RPDs were used in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And SKSs, by the way. Yep. Yeah, the, oh, really? The, uh, SKS I didn't 45. Know that. Very They're few, but like, yeah. yep, they, they they made it there. Yep. yep. Siemenov's carbine, which is just a scaled down version of the PTRS. So, <laughs> PTRS yep. D. 
great fucking rifle. It, like, if you hold them both together, you're like, wow. <laughs> it's just the smaller version. Yeah, the Maxim. Yeah, you yep. the Maxim. Yeah. Dishka. Dishka. Yep. I always forget. The, or actually, no, I, always, it's, I think it's the wrong Dishka in the, in the, the movie, but because the 38 version looked really fucked up. It has this crazy flash hider. It's like cylindrical and stuff. I always forget that the uh, Dishka is like really like like was actually in. I always think the Dishka is like Cold War the, era, and I don't the know only why. other oh, anti-material yeah. rifle that existed during the yeah. Second World War. <laughs> I love it when they're on fucking uh, like IS-2s and stuff, and the bigger Russian tanks later in the war. Yep, they're cool. Look, like you you blow up the top floor of a fucking uh, Berlin apartment building with a Dishka, and then, you know you assault. <coughs> well, of they course, you get an SGM. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have an SGM at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they would a year later. As far as Creed goes, they did a great job with guns and stuff and things. Fucking I. You do see a good smattering. Except for that MP44. And it's funny you don't see a 42 because the 42 actually w- would like be correct. Well, when they were doing that, when they were doing that scene, or those scenes rather, with the uh, cow and the tracers and everything, that rate of fire was a 42. That was not a 34. That was a 42 with all the tracers going on there. And it's like, okay, I actually, so, okay, I will give them credit when they actually shot those scenes. I don't know how they did that or whatever, but like the, the, the sight of the tracers bouncing and the way they bounced actually hundred percent realistic, hundred percent. I don't know how else you could do that without using real tracers. Like the way they were, some of them just kind of spun up a little bit and they, they burned out in place. Like that, that that was good. So that was a good touch. Like to see the barrage of gunfire, and every fifth round is a fucking tracer, and you're just seeing the stream going with the forty twos, and they're just bouncing everywhere. That was good. Okay, so I appreciate so that. Movies that get that wrong, like right, like in Fury. Where they oh that one my scene god, with the the German zipper or whatever, you know. Well, the worst I think for that is fucking Red Tails. Where it's like, you know, Star Wars, but in Italy. You know, I, that, I, I, well, uh, George Lucas produced Red Tails. You knew that, right? <laughs> Why? Yeah, you, you knew yeah, that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that's true. Um, but uh, I've actually never watched Red Tails. I've just, uh, I've seen little reviews of it and parts of it. I kind of don't want to see it. I saw it in theaters, and I saw it with that guy who I mentioned earlier, the director of uh, my museum. And he walked out like 20 minutes in. And he was like, I don't have time for trash. Does not have out. time. And I was just like, well, I paid 20 right. bucks. So, you know, what the fuck? I'll but sit it was here and hysterical. watch this barrel yeah, of diarrhea. To talk about yeah, those right. tracers, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know another film that We're actually um, did that. Oh, <laughs> barrel <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I don't know another film that actually did real tracers and like put them on camera. Like, that was a great touch, and I did appreciate that out of this whole thing. That yeah, was I, really I, good because... I did like that we're in the... Go ahead, Mike, sorry. No, 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 dude, dude again, I saw you talking, I'm five seconds behind you because my fucking internet is so goddamn shitty. No, that's all good, bud. Okay. Go ahead. I don't know, I was just saying, I did like that with the trip where you can see him, like, bounce in the distance. Like, I mean, that was, that was cool, you know? Yep. So, that, yeah, that looked know, really it's, real. It's like, I really had... I really, you know, had a high opinion of the film until I started making films, and the older I got, and, you know, I kind of agreed with you guys how, you know, jarring it is and stuff. But there are some great shots, you know, Diamonds in the Rough, that just stand out among everything else in this film. So, just like that one. Yeah, well, hopefully I never have to watch it again. (laughs) 
yes, my whole beef with those shots is they were way over fucking done. It's like it was like I, I, I um if I could if I could sum up this film, like we're not gonna sum it up yet, but if I could just sum it up in like two words, it's redundant is the first thing. Cause you you want to drive those points at a certain time. And I get that the film is exhausting and it's like, okay, whatever. And whatever, you know, like the whole thing's horse shit. It's a war. We get it. Like all these points are no, but like if you're making those shots, like the, the close-ups and like the actual like emotional part, make them fucking count. Okay. Cause then it'll be even more than, okay. I saw 15 of them versus I saw three of them, whatever. And so redundant is the first adjective that I, or yeah, adjective. The second is boring. And, and I say that, I say that as somebody who enjoys boring movies about war, if they're done right, this one, like Michael said, and I actually agree with that could be edited down to below an hour or at near an hour. Okay. I know they were trying to drive the point home and I know they were what they were trying to do. I get that. Like you've explained it to me. However, the thing I see most in this film is censorship. Okay. That's the thing I see most is censor blatant. Like we couldn't do this. We had to do it this way. And knowing the Soviet propaganda machine and understanding, I, I would like to see if there is such a thing anymore, what the original script and, um, uh, the kind of, uh, um, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? The, the focus, the, uh, the, the intent of the writer was with this, the original one, not, not the Soviet censored, blah, blah, add this, take this out, blah, blah. That would have been interesting, but this, that's why I say it's a Soviet propaganda film in general is because it is, I can tell it's censored. And they added things that they necessarily didn't want to, but they had to. They took things out that they didn't want to. It had a lot of potential, but because it was run through these ringers, it fell flat in my mind watching this, you know, 35 years later, right? Um, and I think I think it had the potential to live on and be a, a good anti-war film through the ages if that had not happened to it. If that makes sense, it, it 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 does to me. I I'm just curious. What do you think is an example of sen- of like like give me a scene that would be your example of, of censorship within the film? I'm just uh, curious. Just, okay, so making the Russian people look 100 percent of the time like the victims. Okay, 100 percent of the time, and the people that were working with the Germans, just these assholes, these sh- pieces of shit that whatever. That wasn't always true because, okay, think about this. Think about a neighborhood anywhere in the world, okay, at any given time. And I know they were in the Soviet Union. I get that. I understand that. Not everybody is going to be on board with the cause, the red cause, and, like, pushing the fascists back or whatever. A lot of them are going to be indifferent, but it was, like, it was portrayed in this film like everybody was on board. Yes, the the mother and the sisters were – or not the sisters, but, like, the mother of um, Fyodor was very reluctant to let her son – go and participate in this. However, it's like, that was because of like, I don't know. It it just, it seemed to me like every Russian or Belarusian in in this case, but you know what I mean? Like every Soviet, we'll just say to, to overlay that was completely viewed as being for everything that was going on. And every German 
or German person that were working or a person that was working with the Germans, you know, uh, uh, the the police guy that was rolling around in cow shit and had to go up the cow, were viewed as just scum immediately. It's like, well, that's not how it, I think it would be because I know human beings and it doesn't matter where the fuck you are in the world. Humans are humans. There's going to be like we're talking about right now. Some, we, we agree with things. We disagree with things. There's never this like complete bam, one way or the highway kind of mentality, even in a war, there's not, it's just, it doesn't happen. Right. And the way it was portrayed was Russian or Soviets. Good. Germans bad. That's the that's the the basic kind of uh, uh, a feel you get out of this film, and, and and so be it. But like, if it was if it was less censored, I would think it would be more of the uh, personal struggles of, okay, you got this Russian village, this poor Russian village, or Belarusian village, um, sitting there and going, well, why do you want to go off and run with them? Why do you want to do that? But it was, you know because it was censored, I think it was like, okay, well, you got to make it fit to like, well, he's going to fight for this and everybody's on board with that. And like, they have to, or he has to go and do this. There's no other way. Like maybe, maybe he picked up the rifle and been like, well, we should go fight these, um, uh, NKVD guys that are been around us. Right. You know, something like that. Maybe, maybe they're the bad guy, you know, because a lot of those guys thought that way. And, uh, as far as the Germans, again, I'm giving brief examples. Um, as far as the Germans are concerned, yeah, the Germans were portrayed as like the absolute worst shitty kind of people you could possibly be right in the, in this film. And maybe that did happen. And, and yes, there's documents that's, that said that did happen, which yes, I agree with. However, in this particular thing, if you're, if you're making an anti-war film, you're going to want to humanize the Germans a little bit more to make it hit harder home. Where in this case, it was so obviously propagandized to be, these guys were fucking awful. All of them. None of them were humans. And they had the, 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 uh, the, uh, Ober, uh, Oberschafkur at the end, the SS guy, the, 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 the uh, first lieutenant. The dude with the sugar glider under his helmet. <laughs> or whatever it was. Sugar yeah. glider? I don't know, some, some lemur thing. Right, and it's just, it's like, okay, well, you're you're again portraying the Germans as completely fucking evil and the Russians and Belarusians as completely fucking good. And now I think it would have been better if there would have been more uh, creative liberty given, which is not going to happen in the Soviet Union, to this writer and the director who maybe would have been like, let's add some more humanity to it instead of just Zooming in, making it obviously these guys are the victims, these guys are the perpetrators. They're, you know, I, that's just my opinion. It's not right or wrong. It's just what I think could have been done a lot better in this, of giving everybody in this film more humanity than clearly a side. Well, so. uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I agree, obviously, with, it, with all of that. What I would have loved to do, I mean, I have, I, I, if you want to show these massacres take place, I think you should. I think that's an important thing right. that needs to be acknowledged. At the same time, though, like, what I think would have been more interesting is if we see, you know, like, the chain of command coming down. It's where it's just like, okay, well, we need to do this in order to get to the next stage of where we're going or whatever like that. We need to deal with all this crap. Look, just, um, we need to do, we need to kill all these people. And then it's like, okay, if, you know, then there's people out there that are, like, they're fine with it. But then there's going to be other people who are just like, you know, and like, and maybe after they commit these atrocities, you know, you see some of them like, 
you know, they like they, wow, you know, this is this is what we signed yep. up for, huh? Like, would 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 you say it's like a, almost like a lack of a narrative? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Absolutely. Like, there's 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 it's just like oh he's going to go fight with the Russians. Well, why? And he's like, I I got to do it. It's like, well, why? You know, why are they? Yes. You know, why are they burning this village? We don't know where they come from. I don't know where they're going. I don't know some girl with her top off in a car wreck. Okay, yeah. let's keep going down. You know, like, that's, like no, that's how I feel a lot of when yep. it comes to any of these massacres that are always depicted. And I'm not saying that like you know, uh, right? Not everything needs a narrative. It's just it's just as 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 a movie to showcase right. events. It's very hard to follow well, this movie sometimes. Yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. want it to come across as I'm saying. Listen, those massacres happen for a reason. I don't, I don't want to say. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. But like, you know, good backpedaling, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to say that, but like, I don't want to come across as that is like, no, listen, that was for a good. That was for a good reason. <laughs> not at all. However, yes, when it comes to all these fucking maskers, it's always there's no no rhyme or reason to it. it because they want the audience to feel a certain way. If you bring nuance right, into it, that right. complicates things, and um, you know, and uh, ambiguity and stuff in it that complicates things for the audience. They're like, wait a minute, what is this? And honestly, that's the more interesting thing, in my opinion, is when you show the more interesting side. It's like, well, okay, yeah, that's I can see why they would maybe do that to accomplish their goal of what they were doing. It's fucked up. It's like, yeah, it is fucked up, but it did happen, you know. Yeah, you know, all valid points. A lot of Russian citizens were shot by Soviet partisans because they had a job working for the Germans. And not just like, I'm a policeman. It's just like, yeah, well, they give me food because I do X, Y, Z. And it's like, you're, you know, a collaborator and fuck you and they shoot you. You know, so you're going to face German bullets or... Or Russian ones. Same I mean, with, yeah, Vichy regime. You know, it's the same way. Yeah. You know, just the horror of living in an occupied country. Like, mm-hmm. the best quote I've heard about it is, hopefully your country never gets occupied. Because it's just the, the terrors and the things you have to deal with. Like my grandmother grew up in Austria during the war. And she said overnight, God was gone, Hitler was in. And then it happened again in 45. Hitler was gone and Stalin was in. You know? But I think that all these things we're talking about, you know, just the vagueness of this movie and stuff, just has to deal with it's not made for us. You know, it's a movie made for people that grew up in these areas that understand the context of it. You know, we don't have to go into the details of what's happening because, well, most of these people that you're going to see in 1985, 86 have lived through it and have done that. And it doesn't do the movie any justice, you know, 10, 20, 30 years on, especially to an audience that, you know, is just trying to grasp it in a category that we put it in as a war film, you know. So there, there is, it's just a very hard film to to understand because you can paint it 17 different ways, you know? So I guess my question would be, why is it so popular in the West now? Why? That's the thing that, yeah. Cause it's violent you know. and it's weird and shit. I, I, I wouldn't say it's because it's violent. Maybe it got streamed on TNT in 97 or something. And then people picked up on it because there are a lot better Soviet era films about the war. What, what I would know? say, I don't think it's the violence. I just think, I think, I think because we're saturated with, with even, you know, with other with Hollywood productions like that in you know in yeah. you know down the same level of gratuitous violence or whatever you want to call it I don't think it's the violence I think it's more of maybe the way it's showcased and the you know the I I think it's everything we've talked about which you know the difference you know the 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 Russian way of filming in that time period yeah. and that style that really isn't anywhere else in within the world at that time and you know, we—I think I had stated before, like you know, it was in in Western 
you know, film before that, but I don't think to the degree that the Russians, that the Soviet era film has done before. So I think, I think that's probably the most <clears throat> in, enticing part of it. But I would also have to say, you know, probably again, what Brian, Brian has said, it's like, you know, it, it's probably people view it as a gateway into something that we don't quite understand or have lost connection with through the history. You know, okay. I think people do that with saving private Ryan in a way, you know, with yes. the Western culture. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think it yep. kind of think it would be something to that. Um, but I don't know, understand why it, it is so predominantly more in, I don't want to say pop culture because I barely anyone knows. It's no, it's a, it's a cult classic. Like, cult it's like, classic. It's like Thank the you, big yeah. Lebowski for. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. For Russian, Soviet Russian cinema or whatever. It's yeah. very much yeah. like the big Lebowski. Yes. Right. You know, um, <laughs> well, fuck you, Michael. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh God, I'd slap Sorry, you in the yeah, fucking mouth help. right now. You know what? That's, that's like your opinion, man. I uh, couldn't help but do it. I'm dude, sorry. are you fucking this up? That room fucking tied the, uh, God damn it. That rug tied the room together. God damn it. <laughs> fucking amen. But, you know, um, it's just a, it's interesting. And I would, you know, even Let's wager 20 with bucks. The Jesus. <laughs> Such a good film. But I'd even fucking uh, argue that, like, you know, if you are a war nerd in a generic Western country, you know, Europe or America, whatever, you know, the two films you've seen about the Eastern Front are going to be, from the Russian perspective, will be Come and See and uh, Enemy of the Gates. Yeah. But I'm just being honest. You know, it's just like, again, that's the, that's why we into this. That's why yes. we're wrong because you're yes. right. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right. I hate that movie so much, by the way. I want men to have balls. <laughs> I'm going to use a trash. PU sniper in, in, in 42, a year before they came out, and the year before Vasily Zaitsev even had a PEM, which is fun. Yeah, but, uh, long that's, sniper rifles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all snipers. But uh, no, yeah. I, so I, I understand it completely what you're saying. And the, so that, that actually does answer my question about why is this so popular in the Western world? Because they see that they see him at the gates. They're like, Oh, this is the Russian, the Soviet plight in the second world war. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, like we always say, but, but so what I'm looking at it as like people that aren't necessarily war nerds, right. They see, come and see, if you look at the comments on, on YouTube, it's unfathomable how much the comments are like, that's just the best war movie I've ever seen. It's cause okay. And here, here's the thing is, I will stop shooting on it. it. Yeah, yeah, I will stop shooting on it for a second. It, it was filmed in a very different way um, that actually got out. Like I know uh, Nate was saying in the '60s and early or late '50s, this was kind of a style that was kind of adopted. And I get that, but like something that got big because I mean, '85 that was six years before the the wall fell, so it's not very long. Like it had time to get out and actually be seen. And so, yeah, the, the filming style, like the, the up close and personal kind of like the very human, even though it's overdone in my opinion, but like the, the human, um, connection that you get there because it's so close. It's so personal, very different from what the West was used to. And I think that might've played something into it where it's like, Oh, this is so raw and real that, this is the most real thing I've ever seen compared to, you know, most people have never experienced war. And like, they go, that's that, that, that seems very real to me because it's uncomfortable to watch. And I get that. I, I, I honestly get that. And I, I respect that part of it. Um, but what I have bitched about already 
is kind of what detracts that from like current standards of like, I guess what we're capable of doing. Okay. Nowadays, what we're capable of doing is far beyond that. And I think it can be done. I think it has been done recently, but it's, it's taken, but, but still here, here's the thing is there's a lot of similarities between what we just did and the way that was shot. Okay. Very up close, a lot better angles. So there's going to be nobody going around a, a, a corner and you're not going to see them, Nate. So don't worry about that. But uh, no, I think, I think that your explanation of that is, is very valid. And like, it's, if you see that versus some modern Hollywood bullshit, you're obviously going to gravitate towards that as a non-war nerd, you know, and all that stuff because of the way it's shot. And that's that's respectable. I just, um, you know, dissecting this as, as war nerds and, like, war film nerds, even though you've seen a lot more, you know, stuff, it's like, okay, we can all, we, we all still have a valid opinion. And it's like, yeah, that, I mean, I've already bitched about most of what I wanted to bitch about, but, like, I will give it credence as like, yes, it, it, it was really good in that respect. So. As they say, a broken clock is still right twice a day. <laughs> Absolutely. So. That includes yourself, Mr. Yes. Oh, yep. Why do you think <laughs> I bring it up? <laughs> but uh, no, you know, overall, it's, you know, love it or hate it. You definitely have something to say about it. You know, it, it definitely. That is true. Does spark a conversation. So yep. for good or bad. But well, I think we've come to the time to give our ratings. Mm. So, hmm. uh, what are we giving it out of again? Ten. Um, yes. Yeah, one. Yes. <laughs> no, it's definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, uh, Red tails. Yeah, yeah, that's much worse. <laughs> I would probably give this a. I'll give this a four out of ten. It's not as bad Nate? as I thought. I'll let Mike B go. I would I would give it um, a four out of ten as well. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, again, not the worst at all, and I respect a lot of the stuff that was done in this. But yeah, it's just um, for the reasons that I bitched about and ranted about. Four. I'll, I'll I guess I'll go because Brian yep. wants to end on a high note. Oh, no, I, <laughs> no, I could go next. I don't care. I want you go. I want you go. So years ago, I would have given this film like a nine or a 10, but now I'm like a solid eight. You know, it's not that like, I just view it differently than I did in the past. Um, I still think it's a good narrative. It's a good look into some insane history that occurred. Um, you know, and it's a good film to watch if you're into filmmaking because it's got an interesting take on it and it makes you think, you know, it makes you, it wants to make you talk about something, you know, even if you vaguely understand it. You know, or you totally understand it like us nerds. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a discussion piece, so. That's what I say about the movie uh, Field of Dreams. Don't know what the fuck it's about, but it really did make (laughs) us think, didn't it? If you build it, they will come, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Then let's drive from the Bronx. That's the fucked up movie, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Nate. uh, Wait for War Stories. Wait for Scuttlebutt Civvy Street, and we'll talk about that shit. (laughs) Uh, Sandlot's a better movie, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yep. um, so, I mean, it's funny, just, I, 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 everyone kind of has, as, as always me going last, everyone kind of hints of everything I was kind of thinking about and saying and all that kind of stuff. And we'll go first you know, next time. Uh, no, it's fine. I always like going last. It's fine. Brian, <laughs> you know, Brian, Brian kind of, you know, mentioned like, you know, you, you take something away from this, you know, 
I feel like you take something away from everything, you know, whether the movie's a complete stinker. I'm sure Red Tails has one good shot in it, Mike A, that you might like, you know, that <laughs> we'll you might know, that you might use for it. a future project. I know it's probably not really true, let's do a, but let's do a commentary track on that movie. Oh, you want to do, I, no, I'm I'm game. I'm game to God, game to I'm watch. Subjecting, subjecting us to all these shitty movies. Right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> wind talkers, red tails. Yeah, no. no. Wind talkers. To watch wind talkers. Again. Wind to- one handed Thompson. Mc- I like Cage. how you said it again. Come on, Mike. Because <laughs> he saw it once and that was enough. No, I saw it twice. I saw it no! twice. Okay, twice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Cajun horror movie. Uh, Michael Bay uh, gas tank explosions everywhere. There you go. So. Indians look like Japs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, so dumb. <laughs> so, so like you know, I, I I feel like I feel like this movie for me it, it's fifty fifty. I like fifty percent of it and I hate fifty percent of it. Okay. So I, I don't want to give it, yeah. I don't want to give it a five because there's more that I took from it. Like I I I've read enough Soviet memoirs to be maybe like a quarter where Brian is. Um, that I actually, I, I believe, you know, it, it, it resonates within the, the real life history and the atrocities and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I, I got to give it a little bit of that too. I yep. think I'm going to give it a six, uh, tell me, 10 Mel Gibson's because screaming Mel Gibson's there we go. I almost forgot screaming Mel Gibson's, <laughs> um, because it, it, it does give a little bit more than it takes away in my eye. Um, but I, a hundred percent agree with both of what what both Mike B and Mike A have both talked about, and even Brian. I mean, it's just I think there's some things they did really well, and then there's a lot of stuff that just either it's the style or the choices or the censorship stuff that Mike had Mike was you know talking about. I I, I agree on that, and I think that's what brings it down in my eye as well. And it is a, and it is a bore. Like, and I like boring movies, so it it, it is a bore for me. Like, I I ended up like kind of skipping maybe like five to ten minutes. Like, for certain scenes, once I watched it all the way through one time, like, the second and third time I watched it, I was, like, skipping through parts. I'm like, okay, yeah, making a tree fort in the wood and shaking water out of trees. Okay, skip. Like, I don't need to freaking watch that again. So. You know, watch a guy scrubbing out the inside of a cauldron with birch branches? Dude, I've been there. I've been there. I've been the hairy (laughs) dude sitting in a cauldron, scraping it while it's still on fire, all right? You don't know my life. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I guess overall uh, it has the lowest rating of any film. I think it does, yeah. (laughs) uh, 5.6. So, (laughs) but again, you know, uh, we still have a lot to say for the worst film that we've rated. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Windtalker is going to be a solid negative one for me already. Uh, (laughs) Negative thousand for me, dude. Fucking going down. Dude, I can't do that necessarily because, like, it is so funny. Like you I, don't want to play a harmonica <laughs> and a pan flute together, Mike. What's wrong with you? Sorry, Mike. What were you gonna say? He's good at the skin flute. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, he's good at the skin flute. That's for sure. Uh, but you you can give it that low though. Like it is it is it is awful. It's it was a waste of fucking film. <laughs> it was so a waste. Funny. It's Let's so just, bad. I'll, it's I'll just so save funny. it for it's a I'll comedy, save it. not a horror. Not a horror movie, movie about Saipan. It's so sad. That it's so bad. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll save it for if and when you can. You fucking clowns can convince me to watch that piece of <laughs> shit again. Well, join us next time for when we take a look at Windtalkers. Oh Jesus, that's it's yeah. I think Mike rather take an apple peeler to his dick at this point. Holy <laughs> oh, Yeah, the inside of it. That's the thing. <laughs> the inside of the dick, not even on the outside. No way. <laughs> 
Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> thanks for joining us. For Next week, Mike B will use an apple peeler on it. <laughs> thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.